pickle. Hey everybody, welcome back to Reading with Celebrities. I'm Lindsay. I'm Tiffany. I had to stop to see if we were recording for a second. I was a little worried. I was like, did she forget her name? <laughs> Reading My, uh, with Celebrities. I'm actually a robot and I just ran out of battery. I was like, either your mic's going, you're frozen, or you're at the end of our podcast. I couldn't figure out which one it was. I don't see any of them. <laughs> oh no. We're off to a banging start today. As we like to say, we are professionals. But yes, so today, in a previous episode, we had mentioned how your mom's taste always really throws us. So we get a book that we think she's going to like, and then she's like, it's all right. She's like, hmm. Hmm. She's like, I guess. So it's really hard to please her for some reason. Yes. So what we decided to do is to get her top five. Or five books she really, really likes. And give suggestions based off of those books. Yeah, so I had her give me a list of some books that she's really liked in the past few years. She kind of went through her Goodreads to see if anything stuck out. And I will say the list is all over the place. There's nothing that goes anywhere. Like, And then, um, so then, yeah, based on those books, Lindsay and I have also come up with a list of books that we think she will like. I'll be completely honest, a lot of my books are ones that I have never read, but I do think I have. I'm batting a thousand when it comes to blindly recommending books, hopefully. so That's true. That's how I got Poppy War. Yeah, so I'm hoping. And Beartown was blindly recommended. Beartown, yeah, that was a, uh, yeah. a Christmas book. Yes. So um, some of the books that I have chosen from my mom's recommendations, I will definitely explain why I chose them and why I think that she would like them. But I'll go through the list first if you want me to and kind of give like a small synopsis of the books. Yeah, I'm, I will also say that I tried to pick books I had read, but yeah. I, I'm about like half and half. Yeah. So. Um, so the first two books that my mom really liked are books that Lindsay and I also really liked. I think we've both given them probably five stars, if not four and a half to five. Um, Daisy Jones and the Six by Taylor Jenkins Reid and Where the Crawdads Sing by Delia Owens. I think those are two books that we have talked in length about on this podcast. Um, we have both really enjoyed them. Um, one of them, Where the Crawdads Sing, is now a movie. And Daisy Jones and the Six is going to be a TV series that I think is done filming. So I think it's coming out sometime next year. Um, we like to say that Daisy Jones and the Six is like a VH1 behind the music. And then, obviously, with Where the Crawdads Sing, it's about a girl that lives in the marsh, and it jumps back between um, her time, like, as a kid growing up, and then the current time where they find a dead body, and she becomes the prime suspect. Yes, yes, yes. So those are two books that my mom um, really liked. Another one that she liked, which I told Lindsay not to judge my mom for. <laughs> <laughs> is The Handmaid's Tale by Margaret Atwood. Um, this is a futuristic dystopian novel. Um, the women are classed like socially and follow to start a dress code. Um, and the handmaids are forcibly assigned to produce children for the commanders. And it's told in first person by one of those handmaids named Offred. And obviously it is a very popular TV show on Hulu right now. And yes. in a lot of schools, it is required reading. 
Um, another one that Lindsay and I have both read, it was part of book club one year, um, was Absolute Power by David Baldacci or Baldici. I never know how to pronounce him. Um, but this one is a, it goes into like, there's this burglar that he was breaking into a billionaire's house and he hears somebody come in. So he goes and hides like in like this like closet and it's the president having an affair with the wife of the billionaire. Um, something goes wrong and the secret service come in and kill this woman. And this burglar Luther, um, witnesses it all. And, um, he basically has to go on the run. Um, the secret service know that he's there. So they try to blame this murder on him and he gets the help of Jack, who is a high powered attorney and also the ex fiance of Luther's daughter. So it's just kind of like this cat and mouse of like, and like what the president can get away with basically in this book. Um, the next book that my mom really liked, I've never read this one. Um, it's Where'd You Go Bernadette by Maria Simple. Um, this one is kind of about like Bernadette is planning a family trip and to Antarctica, but she becomes worn down and is on the brink of a meltdown. And then after a school fundraiser goes wrong and it's because of her, she ends up disappearing. Um, her daughter B tries to place everything together through emails and voices in school memos. And all of this ends up revealing a secret past that Bernadette has been hiding for decades. Um, Again, I've never read this book, so I don't know much about it. And I do also know that it is a movie, I believe, starring Kate Blanchett. Yeah, I've seen the movie. Okay. Mm-hmm. And then the last book that my mom really liked was The Kite Runner by Khalid Hosseini. And again, I have never read this one. Um, I've heard really good things about it. And um, it takes place in Afghanistan in the 1970s. Um, it's about, it's a heartbreaking story of the unlikely friendship between a wealthy boy named Amir and the son of his father's servant named, um, Hassan. Um, something terrible happens to Hassan and Amir sees it, but doesn't say anything about it. Um, but during this time, it's also when the Russians invade their country and as Amir and his family, um, flee to America. And it's about Amir knowing that eventually he's going to have to return to Afghanistan and find redemption. So those are the six books that my mom has really liked over the past few years. She's also a really big fan of Stephen King and stuff like that. Um, she likes, um, she was telling me she likes like detective novels. She loves anything James Patterson. She, she loved Absolute Power. So anything like that also are things that my mom really likes. Um, but yeah. And like the Tracy Crosswhite series um, that we read the first book of in book club my sister's um, grave my yeah. sister's grave she really likes that whole series as well so those are some things that my mom likes so let's see if we can get her some five-star reads <laughs> well i think i think for the most part you and i are gonna have different recommendations but there's one i think we're gonna be the same on and it's okay. for daisy jones i think you're right but i'm also curious there's one other book that i could see us both recommending okay Okay. All right. So let's see. Sure. We'll do Daisy Daisy Jones. Um, I have, and I have not, this is one I have not read. Me too. But it's the final revival of Oh, is it yours too? 
Is it Opal and Nev or Opal and Neve? I think it's Nev. See, I said Nev because his full name's Neville. Neville. That's so what I, I said. Nev, I said Nev too when I was thinking it, but then I wanted to say Neve just because of Catfish. Um, <laughs> gosh, Catfish, what a show! What, what a, a show! What a cultural icon! That's still going on. <laughs> yeah. All right. Yes. Yeah, so, um, to I haven't read this. I know it's on your list, and it's also kind of tucked away on my list as well. Yeah. But it's by Donnie Walton. And it's another similar, a very similar Daisy Jones, an oral history of a rock and roll duo who shot to fame in the 70s. Yeah, I think with this one, um, I think the thing that's a little bit different is um, she's a black woman, if I'm not mistaken. Yes. And I, and I believe something is said about her. Um, oh, th- that's what it was. Um, she was like at a concert and a rival band signed to her label has the Confederate flag as a at their promotional concert. Gross. So I think there's also some of that in play. I mean, that would, yeah, I mean, yes. yeah, that would so the, unfortunately yeah, so make sense, but. But I do think, like, it still has, like, that interview aspect, that VH1 behind the scenes, because, like you said, it's a band in the 70s, and then it jumps to 2016. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah. It was one of the ones that, like, when it first came out, everybody was like, is this the new Daisy Jones and stuff, so. Yeah, that was also one that I had. Okay, what book do you want to do next? What recommendation? Let's just go down the list. Um, so what the crawdads sing? We'll just alternate okay. recommendations so you can go now. Especially because we okay. just have the same one. All right. Let me find my, because um, I have it screenshotted, like what it's about. I'm just playing. You might want to cut that out. (laughs) Okay. So this one is, um, I'm a little confused. I think this is the one I did leaving time by Jody Picoult. No, 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 no. (laughs) I'm going to cut all this. Okay. A land more kind than home by Wiley Cash. That's the one for uh, Where the Crawdads Sing. Sorry, I was getting it confused with another one. So, I've never heard of this book. So this one is, I've never read this, but um, he, this is about Jess Hall. He grows up in Marshall, which means trouble when his mother catches him spying on grown-ups. Um, he's protective of his older brother, Christopher, who's a mute, whom everyone calls Stump. Um, though their mother has warned them not to snoop, Stump can't help sneaking a look at something he's not supposed to, an act that will have catastrophic repercussions shattering both his world and Jess's. It's a a wrenching event that thrusts Jess into an adulthood for which he's not prepared. While there is much about the world that still confuses him, he he now knows that a new understanding can bring not only a growing danger and evil, but also the possibility of freedom and deliverance as well. Hmm. Not fun, but like... (laughs) So Land More Kind Than Home. I love the author's name, Wiley Cash. It just sounds cool. It sounds like, um, it sounds fake. (laughs) Like, you ever hear somebody's name and you're like, that's not real. They're like, no, that's really my name. (laughs) Yeah. Or like a singer where they come up with a better name that they think would be, like, more pleasing to, like, yeah. Yeah, like, John Denver's real name was, like, John Deutschdorf or something. (laughs) Yeah, so that is my um, 
where the crawdads sing. My recommendation, and I have read this one, okay. is The Goldfinch by Donna Tart. Oh, okay. Which is the story of Theodore, who's when he's 13, he's visiting um, the Met, the uh, Metropolitan Museum of Art in New York, and there's a bomb that's been planted. His mother dies in the explosion. Um, and then while they were, let me, hold on, let me get my throat in order. I don't know what's happening. There's going to be a Anyways, lot of this one. But he, 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 there was this painting called the Goldfinch um, that kind of becomes his, his focus throughout life of finding the Goldfinch because it was, it was stolen. Um, so it goes through his life dealing with his mom's death and trying to find the Goldfinch and growing up. And I, I really liked it. Um, well, it's not necessarily like a lot of Donna Tart stuff. It like starts with this mystery, but it turns out that that's not really the focus of the book. But I thought it was, it had some good um, kind of twists and turns. And isn't he the one that actually, like in the beginning, he steals the goldfinch and it's, he has it with him everywhere, right? Like he's the one traveling with it. Yeah. So it's, it, it jumps back and forth in time. So at the very yeah. beginning, it's him in Amsterdam trying yeah. to get this piece as an adult. And then it jumps back to when he's 13. Yeah. Um, I read this book as well. I think I had like a different, I thought it was too long of a book. Um, it's very long. Um, I found it cause I do agree with you. Like the painting is not the focus of most of this book. It's about, like you said, him growing up without his mom um, him living with a family for a little while. Um, I think at one point he's living in Vegas and he's basically like doing drugs and alcohol at the age of like 13 with like another kid. Like they might be a little bit older, but they're still pretty young to be doing that. And I just, I was like, this is not okay. And like, you're just like, where are his like adult, like people that should be taking care of him like it just was really sad in that sense that like well I think I think that. that's kind of the point like you could say the same thing about crawdads is like yeah. she, her mom I mean her mom didn't die she just left yeah she left I mean both of her <laughs> she parents left, left. Her, her parent both of her parents failed her because yeah. when he's in Vegas doing that he's living with his dad yeah his dad and his like new girlfriend and he's not yeah. he's a drunk and like I think he has like a gambling problem or something mm-hmm I, don't know, I just there were some points where I felt like it did drag on though. Like I felt like we spent a lot of time with him as that kid or whatever. Um, but I think it had a great concept. I loved that mystery of like what's gonna happen with this like painting because I mean immediately after this like explosion, like they know the goldfinch is gone, and for years nobody knows like where it's at or anything. Mm-hmm. But yeah. I remember I got that book, like, really cheap, like, at Hastings when we were there one time. And then, like, you immediately, like, read it, like, with the library. And you're like, oh, my God. And I was like, I just bought this book. <laughs> yeah, I really liked it. I, Donna Tartt, I, that's the second book of her I read. Mm-hmm. And I always feel like, like, in the beginning, I get so frustrated that this mystery isn't being resolved or nothing else is being done about it. But then I get to the end and I'm like... It wasn't about the mystery. It was about this. <laughs> and I like it. Like, The Little Friend was the first one I read of her, where it's the girl, when she's, like, three or four years old, her baby brother goes missing. Hmm. And everyone, 
looks at her and is like, we can't blame you. You were four. But everyone kind of blames her. Like, you should be able to remember what happened to your brother kind of thing, yeah. which is like shitty. Um, but I remember reading that and just being so frustrated that we never found out what happened to the brother. <laughs> and then at the end, I was just like, it wasn't about her brother. <laughs> well, and I know she also, I've heard always really good things about the secret history. Yeah. By her. So maybe I would like that one more. Um, but, and I think with you, how you said it's not about the mystery. And I was like, maybe that's, I think what I wanted, maybe. Yeah. And <laughs> I was like, I don't care. Why are these 13 year olds doing drugs? but yeah Um, the one thing I didn't understand really through the goldfinch was a lot of like why does he have to move from this family to this family like who's like that there's I enjoy Donna Tartt's stuff but there's always that like weird thing where I'm like that wasn't ever really fully explained like you said this was 700 pages yeah yeah, (laughs) like this was not really yeah I think the other thing that I found like a little annoying with him is like so remember when he was living with like the guy that owned the shop yeah, and like, there was the, that was the girl that he fell in love with. Like, or... immediately, like, just, like, fell in love with. Yeah. I was like, no. And, like, he just became, like, obs- like the obsession with her. And I was like, absolutely not. I was like, there's no... You can't. You don't love her. <laughs> I mean, we do you watch might. The Bachelor, so... <laughs> you know what? <laughs> they do love each other, Lindsay. <laughs> they All 12 weeks. of them. They have... Four weeks together, okay? That is plenty. <laughs> okay. Um, the next book, The Handmaid's Tale. Um, do you want to go? Sure. Um, I actually have another Margaret Atwood book nice. that I really liked. <gasps> and it was one of the few books that I had to read for a class that I enjoyed. <laughs> and that is Oryx and Crake by Margaret Atwood. Oh, you've talked about this one before. Yes, it's set, well, kind of like, it's set in the future and kind of shows the downfall of, like, climate change and science going too far, um, specifically with, like, genetically modified foods, where, like, there's a, a scene that really sticks out in my mind is that it's not that they're, there's these pigs running around that are genetically modified, like, they're actually growing limbs and food like meat from you know whatever source almost like they're plants and so kind of the downfall of society and how we lose humanity in that process and then um so very like futuristic post-apocalyptic at some points too yeah. okay. apparently there's a sequel that is not very highly rated and i have not i've not read it but i really really enjoyed oryx and crake yeah, there's also a sequel to The Handmaid's Tale. Which I will also not be reading. Listen, I did not like Handmaid's Tale. I thought it dragged on. I thought, char- like, I get I get the messaging. Similar to what you said with Goldfinch. Yeah. You get the messaging. I, and I have read another book by Margaret Atwood. She's just not an author for me. Like, Orcs and Crake, loved it. Yeah. She's one for three right now with me. Like, I just. Well, like you said, like. For one through one for three for you for right now, like there's so many books out there, like it's not worth it for you to try to read another one of her books, right? Yeah. Like not and, every and like, author. To be is honest, she's not really telling or saying anything like her message isn't anything profound or new. <laughs> like oh, yeah, there are other people before. giving the same thing. And so it's like 
Yeah, I think, like, I think, like, like you said, like, the hundred books that you should read before you die kind of thing, like, whose opinion was that, right? Like, who wrote this list? Like, not every yeah. book that's a classic is supposed to be the best book ever. Not every book that we're supposed to re be required to read in high school is going to be somebody's favorite. Like, that's why everybody has their own opinions. Like, not every book can be a five star. Not every book is going to be a one star. And you're allowed to like a book that somebody hated and vice versa. Like, you're allowed to be that controversial person that's like, no, I hated Where the Crawdads Sing. You're wrong. But, you know, like, I'm just playing. But I like to read those one stars of, like, books that I, like, absolutely loved. Because then I'm going to be like, huh. I have to do it on Goodreads. Because when you oh, do yeah. it on Amazon, there's always that person who's like, my book cover was cracked yes. in half. And I'm like, that's yeah. not a reason for a one star. You yeah. go take that up with Amazon customer service. <laughs> Thank you. I get so mad on Amazon. They're like, my book didn't arrive in time. Okay, that that's not the author's fault. That's not the author's one star. Like, you just gave them a bad review for that. I definitely yeah. do it on Goodreads because those people are blatantly honest. <laughs> they don't hold back. Some of them are a little crazy. A little harsh. Where they're like, this wasn't as good as this person. You go to their pay, like their their account page and it's okay. like, oh, so you only like Twilight. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, so I kind of had two books for The Handmaid's Tale. Um, one of them I think could also fit in like um, like a Stephen King type book also, but I'll go with the other one first. Um, again, we both read this one. It was a book club book. It's The Last Girl by Joe Hart. Oh, um, I forgot about that book. Yeah, it's actually a trilogy. I didn't read the other ones. I do have them on my Kindle, but again, I just haven't had that time or whatever. Um, but this one is a mysterious worldwide epidemic reduces the birth rate of female infants from 50% to less than 1%. Um, 25 years later, there's still no cure for this, and an entire generation grows up with a population of fewer than 1,000 women. Zoe and some of the surviving young women are housed in a scientific research compound dedicated to determining the cause. For two decades, she's been isolated from her family, treated as a test subject, and locked away, told only that the virus has wiped out the rest of the world's population. Um, so this is just kind of, again, it's like that dystopian type mm -hmm. novel um, with women and this is just about her and how she plans on getting out of this compound that she is trapped in so i mean i remember enjoying it when we read it but you gave it three yeah i don't yeah i don't know if i was rating books at that time but yeah um and then the other book that i think my mom would really like is sleeping beauties by stephen king okay um, and then this one, again, it's dystopian-ish type or whatever, but um, it's about what happens when women go to sleep is they become, like, covered in, like, a cocoon-like gauze. And then um, if they are awakened or, like, that gauze is, like, disturbed, they become, like, very violent and, like, kill the men. Um, yeah, the one scene that always sticks out for me is when, because they're talking about how, like, any any guy over was it like 15 or something like that if they disturb them they'll like attack and kill them yeah. but the scene where it's like this the toddler's son is like mom what are you doing and she grabs him wakes up and shoves him at the neighbor and walks him back to go to bed <laughs> like 
I just, there was so many good, like, women characters. Like, there was that one that was, like, because they're holding them in prison as well. Yeah, that was. Yeah. Um, I think this is a book that I would want to read again. I, again, we know Stephen King, his books are super long. Well, but Stephen and I'm... Owen King, it was, he wrote it with his son. Oh, yes. Thank his you. His other author's son, not just Joe. <laughs> yeah, not just Joe. Um, it's a very thick book as well, but I found myself, like, wanting to read it. I just, I enjoyed it so much. And I think it's one of those books, again, my mom really likes Stephen King, but it also has that dystopian type feel of like something, again, something always happens to the women in these dystopian type worlds, but whatever. Um, but yeah, so I think that's another one I think that she would really like. Cool. I remember feeling like the, the parts in the prison were like, you could have set the whole story there because it was so like claustrophobic and then mm-hmm. how they were like, they're taking the coffee cart around and like basically handing out methamphetamine to keep these women away. Yes. <laughs> and then how just slowly they all slowly start to yes, just. Yes, because they could not fall asleep. They could not. Yeah. God, could you imagine? That's going to be Ooh. me during the 24 hour challenge if I ever do it. You need just to do try, it. Just Listen, to... if you can't get your mom to do it, I will do it with you somehow. <laughs> We just have to, like, FaceTime or be on Skype for 24 hours. We'll go get an Airbnb cheap somewhere. You know what? It would probably be the best way to do it is to, like, go somewhere and just be isolated. If you could, I mean, if it wasn't, I think if uh, room service wasn't ridiculously expensive, just be like, hold yourself up in a hotel and you just order your food and (laughs) snacks coming in. Airbnb would be fun, though, because you go and you just get all your food and snacks. Yeah, do it beforehand. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Get all your candy. Yeah. Um, Okay. The next book is Absolute Power by David Baldacci. 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 Sounds like a pasta. I'll have the Baldacci, please. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Um, I can go first on this one. Um, So I kind of went down my mom's, like, path of books that she likes. So I chose The Missing President which is by James Patterson and Bill Clinton. Oh, yeah, is this is the Bill, Bill Clinton one. Yes. Um, James Patterson's writing with, um, like, he has a book now with Dolly Parton, so <laughs> he's just writing with everybody. Dang. Um, but this one is, enemies are planning an attack of unprecedented scale on America, uncertainty, fear, grip, Washington, there are whispers of cyber terror and espionage and a traitor in the cabinet, and the president himself becomes a suspect and then goes missing. Um, it's set over the course of three days. And it says it's one of the most dramatic thrillers in decades. <laughs> dun, dun, dun. Um, I think the good thing about James Patterson books are they go very quickly. They're very easy to read. His chapters are short. And they get to the point quick. Like, you're not waiting around for stuff. Things immediately happen in his books. Um, and it has that, again, that president aspect um my mom also really liked the tv show um the designated survivor with oh yeah so i think like i think she i think she would like this and i think i bought this book like at one of our bookstores because it was pretty cheap so we do have this one on hand if she wants to read it but yeah okay well i couldn't really think of I mean, I, t- I thought about doing, like, Tom Clancy, because then it's got kind of, like, the government thing. Yeah. Um, but I instead went with a Brad Thor novel called The Athena Project. Okay. 
And it is, so there's the Delta Force, and they have separated this four-person team called the Athena Team, or the Athena Project, which is four women who are, like, highly trained to be as, like, spies and assassins and all that. So they get a task where there's a terrorist attack in Rome, kills a bunch of Americans, and so they send them out and they say, hey, we know it's this arms dealer, Uh, you gotta go take care of him, basically. But then there is kind of this other side thing happening where there is a U.S. intelligence officer in South America who has made this like horrible, threatening, uh, threatening America's future discovery. Mm-hmm. And then in Colorado, there's another foreign spy who's attempting to get more government secrets. And so they kind of all like come together and fight. I thought it sounded kind of like fun and actiony, and I, it's it still kind of had that like government. Like I kind of want to read it yeah. myself. No, I was like, okay, hold on. I need to make a list of all these books. Um, I love a book that like your body's just tense the whole time you're reading it. Yeah. And I think I I don't know. I think that sounds really good. I like that. And so the the foreign spy. Have you ever heard like the conspiracy theories surrounding the Denver airport? No. Okay, so, listen, we could spend, like, 25, 30 minutes on that, but there's this whole, like, conspiracy surrounding the Denver International Airport. Like, there's underground bunkers for if there's, like, a nuclear fallout for, like, the leaders to live, and there's, like, like these weird murals, and then they have that giant, like, horse that lights, that's, like, the eyes light up at night, <laughs> creepy and stuff. But basically, it's saying the foreign spy is close to figuring out like what the like what's happening at the airport. I've had a layover there before, but I had no idea. My dad had to fly in while the giant Bronco's eyes were lit up, and they light them up red. So it's like it's like you you're just leaning into it now. Yeah, now they're just making fun of everybody else. <laughs> they're like embracing it. I like that. That's funny. Okay, um, where'd you go, Bernadette? Oh. Um, so this is another one I haven't read, but I'm also probably going to be adding to a list. Eleanor Oliphant is completely fine. That came up a lot when I was like looking like if you liked Where'd You Go Bernadette, that one came up quite a bit. This one's by Gail Honeyman. And yeah, nice. this is about, I mean, surprise, it's about a woman named Eleanor Oliphant. What? Uh, <laughs> she's kind of a social misfit and there's some trauma in her past and she becomes obsessed with this singer who she becomes like obsessed with to the point where she's like we're meant to be together Ooh. yeah like the coffee guy at the show that tells you hi when you're picking up your coffee yeah and all of a sudden you're like i'm supposed to marry him <laughs> <laughs> like when you're watching formula one and you're like hey carlos <laughs> hey <laughs> don't judge me <laughs> I'm not. They're like four hours away from us right now. No, when he posted himself in that cowboy hat, I was like, oh dear God. He made pole. He's starting first today. I'm so happy. Yeah. And that's your Formula One update again. You're welcome. Good for her. <laughs> nice. Yeah, that one came up quite a bit. And that's a pretty popular book. I remember seeing that kind of everywhere when it first. I don't know. For some reason, there was, you know, like with books in general, you've got like the the naming or like the title trends yeah where it's like you know the blanks 
of lady's name. So like the seven husbands of the oh, yeah. seven and a half lives of I'm trying to think like <laughs> Evelyn Hugo, Evelyn Hardcastle. Like you get like yeah. Eleanor, Evelyn, yeah. Daisy the woman Jones. in the cabin, the woman in the wind, you know, like things like that. Oh, and nice. so I, I remember this book came out when that whole thing was like, where'd you go, Bernadette? Eleanor Olafen is completely fine. Da-da-da-da-da-da. Like all those like things like that. And, so I was just like, ah. And I, I wouldn't be surprised that at some point I probably thought that those were the same books. I mean, yeah. Like, like I was probably like, oh, isn't that? Oh, no. <laughs> Two different people. But yeah. Okay, so for real this time, the book I chose for Where'd You Go, Bernadette is Leaving Time by Jodi Picoult. Um, I've never read any books by her. I've heard her books are pretty sad. Um, so I'm gonna, I usually try to st- stray away from stuff like that. Um, but this one says, for more than a decade, Jenna has never stopped thinking about her mother, Alice, who mysteriously disappeared in the wake of a tra- tragic accident. Refusing to believe that she was abandoned, Jenna searches for her mother regularly online and pours over the pages of Alice's old journals. Um, a scientist who studied grief among elephants, Alice wrote mostly of her research among the, among the animals that she loved, Yet Jenna hopes the entries will provide a clue to her mother's whereabouts. Um, so yeah. And hello, it has elephants in it. <laughs> Eleanor Elephant is completely fine. <laughs> Where'd you go? Where'd you go, Elephant? Uh, so yeah, that one is what I chose for um, Where'd You Go, Bernadette? Not to be confused with where the crawdads sing. My apologies. <laughs> nice (laughs) yeah okay the kite runner okay yes so i have not read this but every single person i've heard this from says it's like i it's constantly on lists of books that are books you should read but can only be read once yes because they're so like emotional yeah so um I have read this book, and I originally had it for Where the Crawdads Sing. Okay. But I changed it to this because I felt like this is heavier subject material and fits in more with that coming of age surrounding a lot of violence. And I read, I read the synopsis, and there's some overlap with some of the, like, abuse assault that happens. I was like, so, you, so you've read, you haven't read the kite runner, but the book you're about to recommend for the kite runner, you have read. Yes. Okay. Got it. Okay. And that is bastard out of Carolina by Dorothy Allison. Ooh. And it's semi autobiographical. And it's about this little girl growing up in the fifties in South Carolina. And it's mainly um, about her relationship with her stepfather and I did not know going into this book that it's a lot of like issues with poverty and race and like sexual abuse. Mm-hmm. I didn't know all that. And so I'm reading it like, oh my God. Um, but again, it's, it's, it sounds terrible. It's a coming of age. And so it's about her kind of like, growing up and dealing with her not only all of this abuse that's happening and issues happening towards her but like like figuring out her relationship with her mother Mm -hmm. um and so that is my recommendation for this it was made into a movie in 1996 when did you read it uh like 2013 2014 okay so like semi-ish recent like 
Not when yeah. you were like a childish, like in high school. No, no, this is definitely okay. Because like was this like, would be one of those very... books where they were like, they're reading it to a fifth grader. I'd be like, yeah, oh, hopefully don't. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um. Again, with the kite runner, I've never heard like a bad thing about that book. I've heard it's pretty emotional. Um. I think I own that book and this other book that I recommended. I kind of just went the easy route because I felt like that you couldn't go wrong. And I chose A Thousand Splendid Sons by Khalid Hassani as well. Um, this one is about Miriam. She is only 15 when she is sent to Kabul to marry um, Rashid, who is 30 years her senior. Um, nearly two decades later, um, tragedy strikes for 15-year-old Layla, who must leave her home and join Miriam's unhappy household. And it's kind of about um, Layla and Marion's relationship, like, as their friendship grows as a deep bond between sisters and as strong as ties between, like, a mother and daughter. And again, both of these books are always on list for books that you must read. His books are, I've heard they're both very good, and I believe I own both of them. Um, But I figured if my mom really liked The Kite Runner, I think that she would also like that one as well. I feel like Best Route of Carolina is a like probably like a a mashup, not mashup, but like a intersection between Kite Runner and uh, where the crawdads sing. Yeah, just based on the synopsis that I read for it. I mean, I think. But I've heard again, Thousand Splendid Sons. I've heard a lot of really good things about that one too. Yeah, I mean, and again, I'm interested to see like with like this author like I've never read any of his books and so I I think I really want to read at least one of them to see how he is but I know that they're both probably pretty emotional and I know with the kite runner like you said there is some abuse and stuff in there so but yeah so that is trying to get my mom some more five-star books to read we'll see how that goes because again we have no idea what she likes well, I have bonus recommendations Ooh, based nice. on Stephen King. Okay, so let's go. So the first one, and I have read these books. Yes. So Stephen King in general, if she wants a nonfiction book that scared the bejesus out of me. Ooh. And from what I've read is like this guy, he's nonfiction, but he's kind of like, some things are a little hyped up too much. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, a little, but it's called The Demon in the Freezer by Richard Preston. Mm-hmm. And it is about biological weapons, mainly smallpox and anthrax, and how the the U.S. government is trying to develop protections against them if other countries weaponize them. Mm-hmm. And allegedly, like they they ha- they have samples of these things and have like smallpox and stuff that if the USAMRID, it's the uh, the Army research. Like, allegedly, you have to go down all the way deep into the basement where they work on these these things. And apparently, I think it was Russia. Like, they were one of the only other countries allowed to have access to smallpox. And they had the arm of a little girl that had died from smallpox, so their samples were on that. They fucking lost the arm, Tiffany. They don't know where it's at. How? How? How do you lose an arm? How do you lose, how do you lose a smallpox arm? Like, did somebody, like, accidentally take it home with them? Like, somebody just <laughs> grabbed it? Did somebody <laughs> knock it into a trash can? How do you, like, 
I know you said it's a little girl's arm, so it's not going to be, like, super large, but it's still an arm. Like, it's pretty obvious what it is. I'm hoping that's the exaggerated part. Because, like yeah. I said, I'd read from some people, they're like, he kind of exaggerated some things. So it's like... Losing the arm could be a huge exaggeration. Like, some fictional, non-fiction, kind of a little bit. But yeah. I was like, how do you... But yeah, that scared me because it goes into basically like step by step what happened with the anthrax scare. And then it starts talking about um, much more in depth about smallpox and how like the rush to develop this vaccine and how all that came about and other things like that. So it's I mean, it's it's short. I think it's only 300 something pages. Nice. But like it kept it kept me like and I think I read this when I was in Lubbock. Oh, nice. Okay. You also did the hot zone, which is about Ebola. Okay. So. Okay. I like that. I mean, the the title made it seem like it was something completely different. Like, when you said the demon in the freezer, I was like, absolutely not. Oh, no, 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 no. (laughs) So I was like, I'm not reading something like that. (laughs) But this Uh, sounds actually more interesting. And like you said, this stuff is... It it goes into some of the science. Like, it talks to some of these scientists that do do the research on this and stuff. Yeah, and like you said, like, it's sometimes the stuff that's real that's actually scarier. Mm-hmm. So maybe we'll finally scare my mom. <laughs> we'll see. All right, what else? And then my next one, and this is, these are young adult books. <laughs> but I read them in, like, fifth grade, and they still scare me thinking about it. Oh. It's the Fear Street Saga books by R.L. Stein. <laughs> yes. Um there's like a like a trilogy or set of them but they're all set in like they're like the 17 or the 1800s so it's all like miss angelica was gonna come and marry him at the ball (laughs) but uh at one point a maid gets stuffed into an oven and they're terrifying and they still scare me and i think your mom would like them (laughs) i love that so much first off i grew up on rl stein yeah he knew how to write some books I would love to go back and read some, like, Goosebump books because they scared the crap out of me. And then when they turned them into movies, hmm, I just still picture some of the covers. Yeah. Um, that's so funny that you, <laughs> you chose those. And I will say, my mom read the Harry Potter books as an adult. Like, she read them, like, just a few years ago, and she absolutely loved them. Because she kept saying, like, I feel like I'm too old for these. I'm like, no, you're not. Like, just read them. And she read them all so quickly. Like, she just flew through them. Yeah. And I was like, I told you, like, it doesn't matter that it's an 11-year-old. Like, these books are so good. So I think I think she would be okay with that. Yeah, and I just said it was, like, young adult. Because he did, he did, obviously, Goosebumps. And then he had Fear Street. Which I would say, like, Goosebumps was, like, you know, you, you would see, like, fourth, fifth, sixth graders reading them. And then Fear Street tended to skew a little older. Like, it was okay. many, more and more high schoolers, older like that. Um, and you had Fear Street, and then you had Fear Street Sagas, which was about the origin of Fear Street. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love yeah. that so much. Oh, that's so good. That's such a good one. Yes. So that was like the first thing when you were like, oh yeah, I'm Stephen King. I was like, because oh, because <laughs> Netflix recently did it came out last year, the like the Fear Street trilogy that they did where 
the first movie was set in like 1994. Okay. The second one was set in like the 70s. And the third jumped all the way back to like the 1700. I remember the exact okay. timing. Early, okay. early, early to like the founding of their town. That's so cool. Yeah. I might want to read these. <laughs> they're, I'm telling you, like they're like, they're legit. They're legit. They're mm-hmm. real. They're real guys. You don't even know. Um, fun. I can't wait to get this list compiled for my mom and be like, here's your book recommendations. <laughs> and see if she yeah. reads any see if she reads any of them. Oh, that's so funny. Um, okay. What else is going on in your little check-in? Um, I've got about 130 pages left of Whisper Network. Okay. I just I'm got excited. that. Just gonna per- push my way through it just because, yeah, like done. Snap yeah, some pics for the Insta. Yeah, I picked it up from the library like maybe Tuesday or Wednesday of last week. Um, and I haven't grabbed uh, read, read it yet, but I know we're doing the discussion next week, so I will probably start that tomorrow. I'm gonna try to finish it today. Okay. I or tomorrow. I will not put my rating on on Goodreads until we discuss. Okay. Because I don't want to influence you. Okay. Because I I saw Becca's. <laughs> I saw it too, and I was like, oh, I hope this doesn't influence me. And then it's not. But okay. um. Okay. But sometimes I think it's more fun when we surprise each other with our ratings. Yeah, and um. So I'm still reading American Dirt and Home Before Dark. I haven't, I haven't made much progress with either one. I don't know if I'm in a reading slump or I just haven't had time to like grab a book and read. Um, because what I've read of American Dirt, I actually really like so far. So to me, it's not that it's a bad book. Um, and the small part of Home Before Dark that has scared me been enjoyable I guess <laughs> I, I was reading it while I was house sitting by myself so that's always fun don't do that that's how you do it I did I finished watching the midnight club um which one is that so it was also based off it's on Netflix it was also based off of a book or a series of books by Christopher Pike who okay. was also like R.L. Stein. Oh, okay. um where it's these these kids of ter- this group of terminally ill kids in this hospice house meet at midnight and tell scary stories and try to scare each other. Absolutely not. And so in the in the show, it's like they're meeting, they're telling these stories, and then while that's going on, there's also obviously something weird happening with the house. Like it used to be yeah. owned by a cult. Uh, there's like seeing ghosts and stuff like that, and their promise to each other was. When one of us dies, we have to do everything we can to contact the group to prove that there's something like there's an afterlife. Mm-hmm. So, interesting. The main character was insufferable. <laughs> that's always so insufferable. That's, all, that's so unfortunate. Yeah. Um, I don't have any TV show recommendations, um, just because again, it's playoff baseball, so. I mean, I can recommend you to watch that if you want, yeah. <laughs> but <laughs> it is what it is. But I do have two podcast recommendations. You? Yeah. So one of them is called Tom Brown's Body. Um, this one 
is done by Texas Monthly, um, and uh, Scott Hollingsworth, I think is his name, is the uh, host of it, and it is done really well. Um, I don't know if you remember this story. It was actually, it happened in 2016 in Canadian, Texas, which is in West Texas, and a popular high school senior um, disappears on the night before Thanksgiving, and all they found at first was, like, just his truck. Um, they couldn't find his body or anything, so people thought at first, like, maybe suicide, but there was no body found, and then two years later, they did find his body. Um, it seems like everybody in town has become a suspect. Um, there's so many different, like, rumors of like what people think have happened to him and was it still suicide or was it murder because two years later it's hard to determine because it was just like his remains that were found yeah um but skip does a really good job i think i said scott it's skip hollingsworth so i apologize um as a host um i think it was the first episodes were done like in 2020 and then he actually just recently did kind of, like, another update episode because, like, the family hires, like, this um, private investigator to try to figure out what happens. I will say I find that this investigator is just throwing stuff out there and doesn't really have any, like, thing to back it up. I kind of find his theories, like... His theories are not, like, out of this world, like, not believable. But then at the same time, I'm like, I feel like there's no evidence to back up his theories. Yeah. Um, so I find that a little bit unfortunate for the families. Um, but it's done really good. And it's, I mean, it's Texas Monthly. Like, their magazine is already so popular. And they just did a really good job with this podcast. And then the other one is by BBC. And it's called Bible John. Oh, and- about that. Uh- Ireland. It was Ireland, right? Glasgow. So Scotland. Scotland. Scotland, yeah. So this is about the serial killer that it's unsolved, but in the um it's in the nineteen sixties and three young women are killed and they were murdered after nights out like dancing. Mm-hmm. And so this is them like bringing attention to it. I because I believe currently, and again I'm unless there's a update episode that I'm not there yet like it is still currently unsolved as far as I know yes it is unsolved Um, I know there was like a like thinking that they there was this other serial killer that they were able to find and he kind of fit some of the descriptions um, but I don't think it was ever really confirmed yeah and they do focus like on the victims they talk about the three women um, and stuff like that so again it's done by BBC and it's Again, it's a just a really well-produced podcast. So I've, um, I think, like, at BuzzFeed had done, like, if you watched um, that Dahmer... Is it a TV mm-hmm. show or a movie that just came out? It's a miniseries. Um, if you watch this, or then you, sh- you would love, like, listening to these podcasts or audiobooks. And these were two that stuck out to me that I immediately, like, downloaded. Um, I have not seen that Dahmer show, I don't have any interest in watching it. I, I feel like they just did one called My Friend Dahmer, so I, I was kind of surprised that they get, we're doing another one on him. Um, but, so, I listened to both of those, and I enjoyed both of them a lot. Um, I completely finished Tom Brown's Body, but I'm not done with um, Bible John yet. 
so but yeah those are the two that I'm currently listening to and then I was super excited about this I sent it to you immediately you and Becca but I think you'll all know how much I really loved um, Red, White, and Royal Blue. Yes. And I think I mentioned, like, I want to buy the book immediately. And so when I was, like, doing some stuff, I saw that there was, like, a new collector's edition coming out. So I was like, well, that's the one I'm going to buy. So I bought that. And then um, Verity by Colleen Hoover, she actually came out with – a new like collector's edition that has an extra chapter in it. So I bought that one as well. Um, I got them both off of thrift books. So they were a little bit cheaper than like the normal price for a new, like brand new hardcover. Um, they're both beautiful covers. They're so pretty. I'm so excited. I want to read both of those books immediately, but I will, I will hold off, but I was just really excited. I'll, I'll have to take a picture and put them on Instagram because they were really pretty, but yeah, those were just some exciting book mail that I got because I immediately sent them to y'all and was like, "Look at these covers! Look at it! <laughs> Look at them!" So yeah, that's. I know both like, of us were like, "Did you, did you just buy copies of books you already have?" <laughs> I did not have those books. I those were li- were they library? They were both ebooks, like from the library. Did not. Oh, own, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So did not own either one of them. So these are brand new books. Yeah. But yeah. So, yeah, I was super excited. <laughs> nice. So, yes, that is my little weekly check-in with books, podcasts, all of those things. <laughs> nice. Uh, anything else? Mm, I've got nothing. You got nothing? Got nothing. Um, well, Instagram is reading with celebs. Twitter is reading W celebs. Please go give us a like, follow, subscribe, all of those fun things. And we will see you next week. Happy reading. Bye, guys. Bye.